live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. T.I. is the spot. Busy day here on Cofield and Company. Andre Drummond making his debut for the Lakers. We're checking out uh, Celtics and Dallas right in front of us here on uh, the dozens and dozens and dozens of screens at the Golden Circles Sportsbook. And Bar, Bryce Hamilton, UNLV star, testing the waters in the NBA. Hasn't signed with an agent yet, but he's got options here. He can go leave for professional basketball. He could return to UNLV or he could come back to college and maybe go back closer to home in the Pac-12 at schools like USC and UCLA, right? Both attractive schools, both uh, in the Elite Eight and UCLA in the Final Four. And then a, a ton of conversation. It was mostly driven by me about uh, Wu-Tang Clan just a little earlier. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. I could have gotten really cheesy there and been like, "Yeah, we were chopping it up about the ghost face murderer." Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to act like I'm that lame. I am lame though. I am lame, as Adam Candy knows. He's here with us. I'll tell you what else is lame, Adam Candy. Your home state and sports attitudes—they suck. They just do. The arrogance. So I know you're a, a giant fan of uh, Chris Carlin, who does ESPN Radio in New York, and I thought his tweet earlier today was funny. Uh, the Mets have a little dealio here going with, well, more accurately, they don't have a deal yet with Francisco Lindor. So we're talking about, what, an offer on the table, 10 years, $325 million for a guy that they traded for. They got him from the Indians. It looks like Lindor countered with 12 and 375 and – this sports talk uh, host in New York says Lindor doesn't know what he's in for if he doesn't sign. Angry fan base if he's not performing. Angrier uh, if he turned down $325 million. A saturated shortstop market next year. Uh, a potentially entirely new financial landscape in Major League Baseball. It's a disaster for him. Is it now? Is it now? Or what if Lindor does what every single seemingly every single major free agent in all of sports has done to new york what have they done here's a big number one sign up yours the yankees made what they thought was a perfectly reasonable offer to robinson cano and then robinson cano walked right out the door to seattle and you know what when he came back to new york the Mets were just fine having him. New Yorkers were just fine having him. Right. Somehow the city that was going to reject him wholly was totally fine when he came back after going and getting the bag up in the Northwest. So right, it's his notion yeah, that if you, know, if, you, if you don't come here, you're not going to get the money anywhere. The money's there. The money's there. He's got options. The players have the power. And the, the Mets, I mean, I, I the way I looked at this, I'm like, I – I think the Mets look really desperate. The Mets look stupid is what they look. Because anytime it gets out there that this is what the team offered, unless it's a serious low ball, like they offered the guy $5 million a year and the rights to wear the Mr. Met costume, you know, about a dozen days, then you're basically saying that you, the team, leaked that information out there. Right? You can't get the deal you want, so you leak the information in the press for one purpose and the whole purpose is to make the player look greedy that's it you just want to turn the fans against him and it's a crap way to negotiate but shocker here come the new york mets 
By the way, this is why many athletes, the teams themselves, and the media that's right along for the ride of bashing athletes, this is why many of them are like, not interested. And it's been going on for years and years. And they can't look in the mirror and go, where are the problem? Where are the problem? Athletes aren't afraid to go play in the Big Apple. It's just not all that you guys think it's cracked up to be. It's not this guaranteed, glamorous place where, you know, if you make it here, make it anywhere. Number four. I figured Candy was going to follow up. We'd start doing dueling, yelling New York accent guy. Expired. Uh, I, 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 I don't even know what one sounds like. There Expired. It is. Give, it again, give it again. Expired. Okay. Listen it, Bonnie. You'll always get me fired up with that. I thought about you the other night because they brought the commercial back. It's been since football season since Aunt Bonnie was going through the fridge. I love it. I love it. Uh, I back pro athletes. I back college athletes. But, you know, Russell Westbrook made me feel sad. Um, I went after Hunter Dickinson a little bit because I was disappointed by the way he played for Michigan. He's a big guy. I thought he played kind of soft. And then Westbrook, in reacting to Stephen A. Smith, ripping him, sort of suggesting, hey, he's just a stats-driven loser. He didn't say that exactly, but Westbrook comes out and just says, you know what, I was watching college hoops, and I, I, I'm bothered by this stuff. You know, I watch these college games, and I watch these kids, and these announcers, man, they get on their TV and just say anything about a kid. They don't even know him. They don't know his family. They don't know where he's from. They don't know what he's been through. They don't know his struggles. They don't know his pain. They don't know anything about the kid. Uh, but one thing said on TV can – determine how you perceive this kid on TV, which will allow him not to be able to reach his goals, which will allow him not to be able to get drafted, which will allow him not to take care of his family, which will now not create gener- generational wealth, which now, uh, you know, makes our, you know, our people and uh, the minorities, the underserved community, which makes that gap. It's way bigger than basketball. That's, that's my entire life focus in. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to readjust. I believe that Bryce Hamilton and Hunter Dickinson should be co-number one picks, and they should get four hundred million dollar deals. Are we good? Uh, I mean, did, did he? Did, not. Did, did Russell? I mean, Russell. I get what Russell Westbrook was saying that comments can lead to perception issues, and it can cost people money. Do we have to be positive about everyone all no. the time? We don't have to be positive about everyone, and. Uh, Let me make clear that I think Russell Wilson's on the right ground here. I think he's coming from the right place. But let's also remember that Russell Wilson was the number four pick in the draft. Westbrook, Westbrook, Westbrook. You're going Russ spot. You said Wilson a couple times. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. It's it's Russell. See, see here here I am, just another media member out here (laughs) slinging things about guys. But Russell Westbrook was the number four overall pick in the draft. Like, Whatever was said about Russell Westbrook did not slow down Russell Westbrook. And if we want to talk about how the player plays, what the game is on the court, of course we have the right to talk about that. That's the whole concept of the product in the first place, right? Otherwise, we would play these games in secret, and there wouldn't be any money to be, be spent on them in the first place. But this is an entertainment product that we talk about how the kids perform. Now, you start saying personal things, you start going after someone's character, you start going after motivations, then I think you're in a different area altogether. Um, I will say, on a lighter note, Hunter Dickinson kind of runs like a fat kid who's angry. He just got told by mom that he doesn't get the ice cream that he wanted. Yeah. thought we just had a lesson learned and we talked this through. What the hell just happened? I learned nothing. 
Number three. There is no defined supposed role for Lon Kruger right now in the Kevin Kruger UNLV era. Do you think all of this is a little bit weird? And if you were Kevin, how would you feel about I mean, I think he's enthusiastic about his father being back in town. Would you want some distance? I would want all the distance that I could get, quite honestly. Okay. If if Desiree Reed Francois came on this show a couple of uh, about a, a week and a half ago, she came on the show a week and a half ago, and she said that the Kruger name had nothing to do with Kevin getting hired. Okay, I'm willing to take that at face value if that's what she wants to say, and if that's the case then the Kruger name extends beyond Kevin to Lon. And if we're going to have Lon around the program, then you're telling me tacitly, then yeah, in some ways it is about the fact that he's a Kruger because Lon Kruger, being one of the best things that's ever happened to UNLV basketball, comes in and lends credibility in a way to Kevin Kruger. But if Kevin Kruger is supposed to stand on his own merits as the coach of this program when you interviewed, in your words, 14 to 16 people for this job, then... I think if I were in Kevin Kruger's shoes, of course I want my dad around to see my successes. But at the same time, I don't want him around the corner every time someone is asking how things are going, right? I don't want him trotted out as the ambassador to the program from day one. I want to be able to make my own way and stand on my own merits. Number two. Annoying time right now. Annoying time as uh, UNLV is losing its roster in basketball. Bryce Hamilton off to uh, the NBA potentially. He hasn't signed with an agent yet. Uh, we got to listen to uh, you know Chris Beard going through a bidding war. That may all change tomorrow, and he makes his decision to screw over Texas Tech and leave for Texas. Tongue-in-cheek. I don't think he's screwing over Texas Tech, but uh, Chris Beard doesn't have a lot of fans here in Las Vegas. And then the little guy, Mick Cronin, right? The little guy. He toyed with UNLV for a while, got what he needed at Cincinnati, eventually landed in L.A., and now he's in the Final Four. How about UCLA, though, in terms of the passion? Uh, I think the West Coast gets you know, a bad rap at times for passion for their basketball teams. I will say when I went down to UCLA for that UNLV-UCLA game last year, I was kind of surprised by the lack of a crowd, and that was in Cronin's first year, so I was disappointed. But uh, did they go crazy last night? Completely crazy, Candy. We got some audio here. First of all, give me the audio of just uh, people hitting the streets and all fired up in LA about UCLA. What's going on here? We got. Wait for it. What do we got? Wait for it. You're gonna hear something. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no, those are sirens. Here come the sirens. What are you naughty children doing? Uh-oh. That ain't the popo either. That's the fire department, Steve. So what the hell is happening? That's the fire department. Well, we're burning couches in the street because nothing says let's celebrate the victory of our team like taking an old couch out in the street and setting it on fire. You need to explain this to me. You, as someone from New Jersey, as someone who celebrates trash, you need to explain to me what exactly this is, because you called me an elite New Yorker earlier. So <laughs> yes, I need to understand exactly. from the little brother's perspective, what is it about the little brother that wants to say, yeah, we've got some trash here. Let's set it on fire. It's a way to celebrate. 
Ari, can we set up uh, Adam Candy's dad here as we're dueling with the uh, rips? <laughs> you, have no, you have no idea what drop you should be playing right now, Mr. Donahue? Oh, not Johnny on the spot. It's so perfect. I mean, you're calling New Jersey trash. We'll kill some time. We'll already have it ready. We wish. We hope. Three, two, one, maybe. Oh, I was just going to talk. Okay. Oh, no. He didn't Ari's not it. my dad. What are you talking New about, Jersey. Cofield? Welcome to New York. New Jersey. Uh, One afternoon is enough. <laughs> Do you even know what you have in the system? What is going on? I just on? love the. I love the what he's playing. Actually, backs me up. It uh, does back you up. The Commodore sixty four blown up. Oh, maybe he did. All right. Anyway, someone out there, yeah. whether it's whether it's Steve Cofield or anybody else, someone needs to explain to me the celebration of let's set things on fire. I've never gotten it. One, I'm cheap. Two, I'm a hoarder. I've got, uh, what, three three couches? You think I'm burning one of them? If Rutgers won the national championship this year, would you have burned one of your three couches? Uh, you know what? You're right. I actually have a, uh, an old couch that's probably about 17 years old that basically is just a cat bed. Uh, that may get torched. That's a public service. That's not a celebration. In New Jersey is where New Yorkers put their garbage. Perfect, right? Number one. <laughs> Perfect 64 seconds ago when we called for it. But, yeah, I mean, we got it eventually. Oh, God. Play, play, play for Candy again. You got all New Jersey Look is up. where New Yorkers put their garbage. You know that is, right, Candy? That is uh, about 20 years ago. That was the head of the Catholic League. Like, thanks a lot. Very gregarious. Scream it from the hilltops. <laughs> In New Jersey is where New Yorkers put their garbage. Amen, baby. Uh, I did. I opened things up. I opened things up by taking a shot at New Yorkers. But you know what I meant. It's all uh, New Jersey, New York area fans, especially those of the uh, scuzzy Mets. All right, top story. Number one. We're getting close, Candy. We're getting close. Free agency is almost done. Uh, the inner workings of the roster, the existing roster, the signings, the extensions are almost done. Colton Miller, $18 million a year. They've got their left tackle locked up through 2025. The Raiders do. 15th pick in the draft a few years back. Got to love it. Got to love it. You got to have building blocks. You got to have security. Uh, this is the guy you build around for top-notch money. Let's do it. Colton Miller, congrats. You want to build around Colton Miller, build around Colton Miller, but uh... – Last I checked, Cofield, there were still two years left on his rookie contract. Oh. Aren't the rookie contracts supposed to be the valuable assets in the NFL, the ones where because a guy is paid a little bit less, not underpaid necessarily, but paid rookie scale, Colton Miller drafted in the middle of the first round was still being paid at a much more reasonable wage than what you'd have to pay him on the market. So... Maybe come next year if you extend him at this and you keep him away from free agency. I get it, but the Raiders paid him in a way that he's going to start making $18 million a year almost instantly. And I don't really understand the roster management part of this, do you? Because what was the value in paying Colt Miller right now? What was the value in increasing his contract right now for a guy who, and again, we can make the stats say whatever we want them to say, but a guy who is now paid as one of the top five offensive tackles in the league, whose best asset has been he's durable and he has improved every year. Okay, that's great. Uh, he's gone from probably slightly above average to above average to approaching pretty good last year. But there were still pretty obvious flaws in his game, notably the fact that his pro football focus run blocking grade was under 60 for the year, and his pass block grade was pretty good up in the 80s, but not elite. But you're now paying him as elite. 
So I don't really understand why you make this move now. What was the rush? He wasn't going anywhere. You had him on the deal that is an asset that allows you to spend that money other places like your defense, which you still don't have a starting safety. You still have unproven corners. You still have only signed one edge rusher. So I don't understand the purpose of taking the money that you could have spent on other positions while you were paying Colton Miller at a more reasonable salary and not using it to make a better team around him. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I asked you earlier about uh, the rest of the offensive line that went bye-bye. Gabe Jackson renegotiates. Uh, his deal is uh, now around seven a year, ten up front, and then six and six in Seattle. And just saw that Rodney Hudson renegotiated his deal with the Cardinals, making it more cap-friendly. Why wasn't that possible for the Raiders to do it? Or did the Raiders make a bold move here and going, you know what, Rodney Hudson is not going to be our guy two years from now, and we love Andre James, so he's getting the money. Hey, you want to make that move and ask us to trust it. Those are two different things. You want to say we're going young, we're investing in Andre James, we're investing in Colton Miller. Okay, that's fine. You want to anchor the line around Colton Miller. That's great. Colton Miller has been an improving player. He is the kind of player that the Raiders should build around, without question. But this deal at this time, if you're going to make that move, you haven't earned that credibility with us. Mayock and Gruden have not earned nearly the level of credibility that it takes to take a roster that you keep telling everybody is ready to start winning and make us believe that you can blow out what was one of the best parts of this roster for years and say, just trust us, we're going young, they're ready to go. You haven't earned that credibility because nothing you've done with this roster has succeeded to that level. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Just simply stated, it is great to be home. It's great to be home. Lubbock, Texas, the state of Texas, Texas Tech University. This is exactly where I want to be. This is my dream job. It always has been. Uh, and today is one of the best days of my life. Again, I'm so glad to be home. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. There he is, former UNLV coach for like 10 days, Chris Beard. Uh, Candy, how much you want to bet? Uh, let's go to next Wednesday that his opening press conference at Texas. He mentions that being his dream job. Hey, a man's allowed to have more than one dream, Cofield. Why would you ever say something against that? We, uh, we did hash this out yesterday, JVT and myself, that, uh, you know, goals can change. Life changes. You can have, like, five dream jobs along the way. Well, once you get the dream job, then you start dreaming about the new job. The next level job. Right? No? Okay. All right. I guess. So I'm assuming Bryce Hamilton's dream is to get drafted to the NBA. He certainly wants to play professional basketball. That would be really cool, right? We've talked to a lot of... NBA players and just folks who, you know, play in the pros. And, uh, hell, there's other UNLV guys who've, you know, taken the uh, the different route uh, that played with Kevin Kruger. I was mentioning him last week. Guys like Rene Rougeau and uh, Michael Ume who have been playing, you know, 10, 11, 12 years in Europe. Uh, Bryce Hamilton is going to make money playing basketball. The news came out today that he's going to test the waters for the NBA. He's not signing with an agent, but uh, I tried to go glass – half full with candy earlier and say well you know he's he's open 
to not signing with an agent, that means there's you know there's a shot. He's coming back for another year at UNLV, and man, you just you dumped all over me. That's exactly what I did. That's Reality exactly check. I, that's what I intended to you do. You broke Schofield. my spirit. Yeah, you, you, if anything, are a Pollyanna fan who uh-huh. can never seem to find the <laughs> critical side of things. So, Not after that tongue lashing we got today as a, uh, the media as a whole from Russell Westbrook. That's true. I am that all is, positive from here. That is, uh, that is, in fact, an excellent point. Now, I, look, Bryce Hamilton was very clear about one thing. If you read the statement that Bryce Hamilton posted on his social media, he said, I'm not signing with an agent i'm testing this out and it leaves me the option to return to college right he very specifically called out and said thank you to everybody at unlv thank you to the rebel fans thank you thank you thank you all the things that you would hope a player might say at that point good for him that's awesome but i think when he says i'm leaving the door open to returning to college he's very clearly also saying and if i come back i'm not necessarily coming back to unlv can I put together some odds here? You can judge them. Are you waiting for permission? Do it. Bryce Hamilton, next basketball season. G League plus one fifty. USC four to one. UNLV eighteen to one. NBA fifty to one. Ooh. Now, actually playing in the NBA or just tries to go through the whole process and see if he gets drafted. Because no, I mean, I mean, next season when the se- when the next basketball season starts, the NBA would be the longest shot. Yeah, because uh, that I put your... that I put Southern Cal or Arizona State or whoever the Pac-12 or you know whatever other Power Five school that'll come calling from. Yeah, be, so we'll call that we'll yeah. call that four to one because you cover yourself well there yes. with G League either, as to whether he goes straight to the G or whether he is a second round draft pick who ends up assigned to the G League. I think you're you got a good couple of outs. Set up in that one. UNLV but, uh, versus Power Five destination. Should the gap be that big? I had it like four to one versus eight. Yeah, the, oh no, the gap. Yeah, but based on look, ah, we have to base it. it on the information we have right now. Right. The information we have right now is that Bryce Hamilton didn't say I'm leaving the option open to come back to UNLV. That's what David Jenkins did. David Jenkins, in going into the transfer portal, said I'm leaving the possibility here that I come back to UNLV. So I would treat that totally differently than Bryce Hamilton saying come back to college, because I don't think that means he would tell UNLV to you know take a long walk off a short pier. But he's certainly not saying it's NBA or UNLV. Well, that's not positive. I thought Russell Westbrook just gave you just told us the path. I said nice things about Bryce Hamilton, the person. You did. And that is what Russell Westbrook would like me to do. And he is actually right about that, especially in this case. I can say nice things about the person. Boy, we got to catch up on what's going on in the L.A. scene. But do we lean on a guy who's L.A. when he's really Vegas now? Well, we'll find out. Arash Markazi is up with us here from the Mightier 1090. 364 Caller 11, you get a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. Take advantage of it. We got this giveaway going on for a uh, limited amount of time. You get a two-foot classic sub, Porta Subs, 24 inches of premium meats and cheeses, all the goodies piled high and your favorite fresh-baked bread. It's a slam dunk. It's a home run. Order Porta Subs for your watch party, whether it's VGK or National Championship Weekend in the tournament. Porta Subs is the spot. Call our 11 364 Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. 
Westbrook's numbers last night mean absolutely nothing to me because even though that's great numbers, that's what Westbrook can do. We all know this. He's a former league MVP. He's the most athletic point guard we have ever seen in NBA history. You've played with some great, great players over the years. Talent. And not a single title to show for. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Candy, I'm going to try something new when we bring on guests because uh, this is what's happening in the uh, Cofield household. Uh, because the SO is laid up right now with a snapped ankle, uh, there's often times where she's downstairs, I'm upstairs, and it's just we just yell. It's just I just hear Steve. I just hear that. So I tried this the other day with Stormy, and it threw her off. Right? I already liked it. Right? Or. Arash is with us, the Mightier 1090. Arash! Steve, how are you? Beautiful! That's what you do. Right? You just, <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Arash, in your family, didn't it get to a point where your, your, your dad would just, yell, like as a kid, would just yell your name and, like, you better respond? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the way it generally works. Dude, you are the man. I feel like you're back on top. Not that you're ever down. Your life is a joy. Uh, you were in Vegas. Uh, Man, the pictures, the experience for the tournament. How was it, bro? It was amazing. It was amazing to be back in my home away from home. I had to reclaim my title, as I reminded my good, uh, I was going to say friend, but you know he's not my friend. He's my <laughs> nemesis, Adam Hill. I said I had to reclaim my title of Mr. Vegas. So, yes. you know, was there for the first two weekends of March Madness, was at Circa, was at the Westgate, was at South Point, was at the Link. Yeah, so uh, having a good time out there. Beautiful. Uh, you mentioned a secret spot. You teased me. You teased the audience. You're doing some stuff now for the Action Network. What was the uh, the secret viewing spot that you really liked? Well, underrated. I mean, underrated. So the link is really a fantastic book in terms of if you can chip in with your friends, if you have a group of six people and you all chip in, um, that is my favorite kind of like down low, not the largest book, not generally known as a book, but like, you can control the uh, TVs. I mean, you can, you can watch three games. You can watch six games. You can play Xbox. You got VR goggles. Um, I mean, it, it was a fun setup. So if you have six people there um, and they all chip in, that's a big recommendation. Again, it's not the largest book. It's not known as a sports book, a hotel and casino, but I had a fantastic time there. So, Rosh, what's your role going to be with the uh, the Action Network? Something close to what you were doing with ESPN, sort of the social media influencer. A little bit, I think. A little bit is kind of you know giving people like the scene of like the sports books in Las Vegas. I'm not going to give you like the, the, the experts' picks, but I'm going right. to um, you know uh, tomorrow. I'm, I think I'm going to give like my top five sports books today. I talked about the link yesterday. I talked about. Circa versus Westgate, who really does has have the title of the world's largest sports book. So, you know, I'm, I'm having some fun there. And, and uh, again, you know, I've been really lucky in terms of kind of covering that uh, highway and flight path between Las Vegas and Los Angeles for the past five years. So hope to continue there, too. Uh, you got to tell us about the ride, because I thought you came up with a great idea, especially for people outside the area or maybe people in L.A. don't make the ride very often. Uh, you kind of threw out 
the suggestion that, hey, you know, tell me about some hot spots on the – it's a long ride, man, and it can be a miserable ride, especially in traffic. But uh, you threw out the idea of, hey, give me the hot spots on the ride uh, back from Vegas to L.A. What would you come up with? Yeah, so um, Heavy World, which you've been to, you showed me a picture. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people drive past that. If you're a Lakers fan, for example, they're, they're you know, generally speaking, uh, Steve, as you know, I mean, you're probably going to just stop one time, and maybe you already have your go-to spots. Well, this – place like opened up i think only like two years ago so it's fairly new but they have one of the largest pieces of the forum court available i know a ton of people when the when the lakers moved to staples center got a small piece of it but this is a gigantic logo piece of the old court at the forum where the lakers won back-to-back titles during the, the showtime period they got a ton of candy a ton of good food you know, I mean, I think everyone knows, like, the regular stops. It's Barsco, the original Del Taco. you got yes. uh, Baker, like, the alien fresh jerky and stuff like that. But Steady World in particular blew my mind. And if you're a Lakers fan, it's halfway between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Highly recommended. Any good Victorville, Hesperia suggestions? I'm a Steer and Stein guy. I haven't been there in a while. But, you know, if I have the time, I'll stop off there. Anything good after Barstow? You know, I think Adam suggested a spot in Hysteria. I, I think my, my point was that it was already a long drive, and yeah. I didn't need to make more than five stops. So like, I think after my fifth stop, I got some food at Del Taco and Barso, and I said, well, well, let me just power through home. I will generally uh, – my normal stop would be that Circle K in Barstow. Uh, yeah. That's after I wait in the line to get the original Del Taco fare, which, by the way, for folks who don't know, they're just better in Barstow. I know it's yeah, not a glamorous yeah. city. The Del Tacos are, are just better. They just care more. There's more cheese. There's more lettuce. The tacos are bigger. And then uh, I will go, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo with coffee creamer, and the Circle K in Barstow gets the job done. Now you got to fend off a couple of uh, homeless people. You know, that could be a little bit rough, but uh, it's all about the ride back to, to L.A. So I'm glad you found the, the Forum Court. That was a, that's a pretty good find. So let's get into we got to get into some LA sports stories right now. First of all, dude, and we're talking to Rush. Um, how do you operate as a USC guy and sort of get celebratory about UCLA making the Final Four? This is a tough one for me, yeah. but I really like these guys. I like Mick Cronin. I, I like what he's about. I like that no one gave this team a chance. They lost four straight. They're in the first four. In the first four, they're down by fourteen at Michigan State. They don't have a chance in the world to make it. I'm a USC guy, so generally speaking, I'm not going to root for UCLA, and I think I feel good, you know, cheering them to get to the Final Four, knowing they're going to go up against a buzzsaw called Gonzaga. Gonzaga, we just have to realize this may go down as one of the best college basketball teams over the last 25 years. I mean, they are that good, and I know they're in the West Coast Conference, and everyone wants to crap on the West Coast Conference. They are a good team, period. I mean, what they did to USC last night, like, I sat down in front of the TV as a USC grad, really excited for at least a close game. I mean, Steve, that game was over two minutes into the game. So, yep. um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have my UCLA uh, shirt or hat. I'm not, like, hopping on the bandwagon. But I am happy that they at least got to the Final Four. It's good for the Pac-12, good for Los Angeles. But the run's going to come to an end Saturday night. I mean, a 14-point spread, that's amazing. Yeah. I would love to see uh, USC and UCLA – you know, have enough success to be candidates to go to Sweet 16s just about every year. But I wonder if attendance is ever going to get back to a, you know, a real strong level with either program. They both have beautiful gyms. Obviously, Pauly is historic. Do you sense that winning will solve some of their attendance issues? Or 
you know, is it just what it is, and they're both going to average whatever, you know, 9,000 at UCLA. And, I mean, USC's unreal. The Galen Center is nice, and they get like 3,000 a game. But here's the thing about that. USC is not a basketball school. We know that. They're yeah. a football school. What I don't get is UCLA is as, as much of a basketball school as you're going to get. They pumped a ton of money into Poly. That place looks amazing. Yep. And, and, and no one can go to the – I mean, like, like, they, like they don't have much of an attendance. So I, I am surprised with UCLA. I do think if they get some of these kids to come back, you will see a bump in attendance. But that is the big misnomer. You know, when uh, people say, what are the top five sports teams in Los Angeles? It's the Lakers and the Dodgers, 1-1A. One and one A. There's a slight gap if USC football is good. They're number three. UCLA basketball, you would think, would be number four or number five. They are not, Steve. I mean, no one really cares about them unless they're a top five, top ten team in the Elite Eight and in the Final Four. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny going back to the the root of the the combo, and that's, you know, get the programs back to where they're candidates to make the Sweet 16 every year. I don't know how they have players visit and don't commit there Uh, because both campuses, I know USC is in a little rougher area, at least, you know, the edges of – the campus, but both campuses. When you walk on, it's just—it's like it. They're amazing campuses. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, you're in the heart of Los Angeles, and that's the great thing about being here. What I think could change, though, Steve, is that if players can now get paid for doing promotional stuff, like like if USC and UCLA, and so I'm not really just talking about hoops. I'm talking yeah. about like golf sports can use the allure of Hollywood and 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 being like able to sell themselves like off the courts and off the field, that could be huge. It's going to be massive. Arash yeah. is with us. He's on the Mightier 1090. He's working with uh, the Action Network. It's Cofield and company here on this Wednesday. Dodgers play a bunch of games on the road to open the season. Very weird. They're going to open, I think it's on April 9th. Uh, the Nats are in town. What are we looking at? What's the latest update on any sort of attendance? Uh, so we're going to have – so I mean, the last I heard, it was still going to be around twenty to twenty-five percent. You know, the problem, Steve, is like you still have to be six feet apart. So I think if they get to move up to thirty-three, which I think we're going to get into that here soon, they do have to figure out how to do that safely. But we are getting to a point here pretty soon in Los Angeles by next month. I think everyone um, over the age of sixteen will be able to get the vaccine. And they are really expecting, hopefully by July, that that whether it's fifty percent or we're going to have a good number of, of of people there. So that's good news for Los Angeles. Good news for sports in uh, particular here. The show on the Mightier Ten Ninety. How's it going? It's been going good. I mean, there's a lot of tough stuff to talk about. Obviously, you got the Padres are doing well, the, the uh, Dodgers, the Lakers. So there's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's a quick show, and we've talked about this before, yeah. like soft the air. I mean, how I kind of navigate a show like this. I mean, we got one 21-minute 21 segment commercial and then one more segment. So it's a quick show, but it's been a ton of fun. You know you're an enemy during baseball season. You, you better watch yourself, man, because San Diego does not like L.A. It's a one-way rivalry. I don't think uh, – most people in L.A. care about San Diego, but now that the Padres are going for it, you know, they bought in here, they've got their star player all signed, they're adding, this is going to be a freaking great rivalry this year. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, they already hate me down there. I'm, I'm assuming that's why they brought me there to be the Los Angeles guy, because the 10, <laughs> 1090 signal is fantastic. I mean, you can hear it clear as day all the way up to Santa Barbara, 
And late at night, Steve, it's not a great signal, but late at night, if you put it on 1090 in Las Vegas, you can still hear it. Uh, one last thing to close on. Let's come back to uh, the Mr. Vegas angle. It's not an angle. It's not a bit. You are Mr. Vegas. Uh, I'm glad to see new properties opening up. Like, we're at the TI today. Uh, Mr. Ruffin put a ton of money into this place. Uh, he just bought Circus Circus down the, down the road, so he's going to put money into that. We've got this great sports bar here. Um, it was sad to see the, the Hard Rock just sitting there dormant for a year plus. I haven't been there yet. Uh, what is Virgin slash Mohegan Sun Casino like? What do you think? Yeah, being Mr. Vegas, I had to be there for the grand opening, had a glass of champagne as they opened up the doors for the first time. And I only say that for on Adam Hill if he's listening. Yes. He's rolling his eyes. But here's the thing. Um, the problem is the sports book, the TVs are working. You can't place a wager. So I was kind of bummed about that. It's not a sports property. Uh, the one thing that they lost that I wish they bring back to some extent is the center bar. The Hard Rock Center Bar was such an iconic place. So many great conversations and things happened there. That's long gone. Uh, I had a view of the pool, which is a non-existent pool. The pool is still under construction. So the stories that the old rehab pool could have told back in the day, that would have been incredible. But it's still like under, constru- under construction. So we're looking forward to going back there when the sports book is up and running, the pool's going. It's a great property, so I'm happy. It's back. It's back. All right, Arash, let's talk soon. Thanks for doing the spot today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. I'll talk to you soon. There he is, Arash. One name. One name. Candy, are you excited about some of the new casino openings as a Las Vegan? Because I'm fired up. You know, it's a sign that, hey, slowly the machine is getting cranking again. You know, I... I'm not quite a rush, but I was lucky enough to get an invite when Circa first opened up. And that was the one and only thing through a year of quarantine that I allowed myself to do that was sort of like a going out, a little riskier sort of behavior, just because the casino openings are just such a big deal here, right? They're so, they're so enormous to the heartbeat of the city that I, I really wanted to to just feel that energy around Vegas for a little bit, uh, even if it was only for just a moment or two. Oh, man, I got to tell you on the way back in the grab bag, I went downtown a couple of days this week because we were down at the D and I hung out there the night before, and I hung out uh, near one of the best tourist attractions in the world. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company Late Night Pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Get on down to the TI for the puck party, Golden Knights and the Kings. You just heard Doug with the update there. Looks like it's going to be Mark Andre Fleury tonight. And the upper body injury. Apparently has healed. Petrangelo is back, Andy. The cast, which we never had confirmed was an actual cast, I guess is off. Cast? What are you talking about? Upper body injury, my friend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a doctored photo that someone screenshotted from AT&T Sportsnet. Someone. It was a shadow. Not just anybody. It was a bad bad angle. Uh, Is there a chance that the Knights... Uh, or in a letdown spot here. Uh, they've taken care of business uh, pretty well against the Kings, and you got the Wild, you know, one of the big division rivals coming up. 
letdown spot. No. Uh, Want to see who starts for the LA Kings. I didn't get a chance to check that pregame. But if it's Cal Peterson, it gives them a much better shot at winning than Jonathan Quick, who went on Monday. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I mentioned hanging out downtown because Arash uh, was on from uh, the Mightier 1090, and Arash was saying, hey, the, you know, the town is great. He had a lot of fun. Um, I sat the other day for three hours just watching people weigh themselves. It is one of the more fascinating things in all of Las Vegas. At the Heart Attack Grill, right there at Banger Brewing, those are coveted seats. Uh, first of all, that place is cool. But secondly, just I'm just amazed that people, and especially women, are just they just go on there, no hesitation, just 190, 220, 249. Um, and by the way, my skills as a weight guesser, my future in the carny, which is always where this is going to end, pretty strong, pretty strong. I was pretty close on most of the weights. I think you should start hustling people. Wait right by there. Right, right next to the scale, right. and just bet them you can guess their weight better than what's going to be on the actual scale. I will say, in their defense, I think the scale is poorly calibrated and is adding poundage just because they have like a three hundred and fifty limit that you can get to. Um, I don't think everyone is as fat as they they were reading out.